Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Is the Dan Grasa Show. May 10, 2023 is going to be remembered as the Jalen Brunson game. 48 minutes, 38 points. Putting a team on his back. Willing them to victory. Knicks weren't going to lose that game last night if Jalen Brunson had anything to say about it. It was borderline heroic. But what can you say about the guy? He's just incredible. All-around player. Great leader. Thin bench to begin with. You have Josh Hart in foul trouble. You don't have a lot of options. Brunson says, follow me, guys. Tells Tibbs, I got this. Just trying to do everything I couldn't win. We did that, and now it's on the game six. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back. Hour number two on this busy Thursday. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. Taking it right until 10 o'clock. It's Gordon and Larry at that point. 800-919-3776. At Dan Grasso is where you could get me on Twitter. And it is time, well, it's 8 o'clock, right? We've heard all throughout the week, 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock Thursday, 8 o'clock Thursday. Got to unveil the schedule. Got to wait, got to wait, got to wait. Well, you know what? Secret's out to a lot. You know, there have been some leaks. Giant schedule got leaked this afternoon, if you saw that. I think the jet one even popped up. So you know what? I don't know how you feel about it. I love the schedule. This, to me, is like the closest thing to Christmas morning during the NFL offseason. Give me that music. I like. Give me the music. Come on. You whetted my appetite. I want the music. Yeah, there you go. Let it play underneath. You know, and I'm old enough to remember that once upon a time, the schedule just appeared out of nowhere during the offseason. Like, there wasn't this buildup. There wasn't, hey, the NFL's releasing their schedule on this day at this time. No, it was you were just sitting around one afternoon and you found out, hey, the schedule's out. And there was no internet, so you couldn't even, like, go online to look at it. You'd listen to it on the radio, they would read it to you, and maybe you'd see it on the news at night, and then you had to wait for the damn newspaper in the morning to finally, like, see it in black and white. The NFL schedule, who are the Giants playing? Who are the Jets playing? Who's everybody else playing? What were the Monday night games going to be? Oh, the good old days. Oh, miss it. But the wait is over. I love the schedule. A lot of people say it's like, oh, well, (laughs) we already knew who was playing who. All this is is what days and times. Yeah, I get that, dummies. I get it. And selfishly now, of course, this is part of my job with the Jets. Like, I kind of want to plan out where I'm going to be from August. Well, I say August with the preseason. September all the way through January. You know, makes things a little bit easier on the old lifestyle, right? And this year, for the two locals, it's not just going to be as cut and dry as Sunday at 1. Because these teams are in demand. The networks in the league think that they're going to be eyeballs on these teams. So let's have right at it. We'll do the extensive breakdown a little bit later on in the show. But right now, let's just read them to you. How's that? Giant schedule. We'll start with those guys. They open up, and you saw this probably, Sunday night football against the Dallas Cowboys, week number one. 
Where have we seen that before? We used to see a lot of Giants-Cowboys games, right? Except they were always in Dallas, it seemed like, to begin the season on Sunday night. But now you get it here. Week two, Giants are on the road. They're going a little bit further west. They're going to be going to the desert to take on the Cardinals. Kyler Murray. They might be as bad a team as we have in the league this year. So you know what? You expect the Giants to get that one. Then it's back out on the road. Giants might even stay out there because they got a short week. They got a quick turnaround. They're playing Thursday night football against the San Francisco 49ers. How about that? So little Giants-Niners, two playoff teams from this past year. Guess what, folks? You think that's already too many primetime games for the Giants? Nope. 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 Where's my music? There we go. I can't, it's, like, it's like my lifeblood. I need the music. Giants in primetime again, week number four. This time back at MetLife Stadium, Monday night football against the Seattle Seahawks. So think about that. Giants with three primetime games in the first four weeks. All right, then things get a little bit normal. But it's back out on the road. At Miami. At Buffalo in week six. At Washington in week seven. Then week eight, it's the local rivalry. Remember they used to call it the Snoopy Bowl? Now it's just good old Jets-Giants. It's a giant home game at MetLife Stadium there in late October. Week number nine, Giants couldn't be home too long, right? They got to go back out on the road. This time they're going to Sin City to take on the Vegas Raiders, week number nine. Week 10, out on the road again at Dallas. Okay, you heard the ad a lot? That's because Giants, on the road, seven of the first 10 weeks of the season. Wow. NFL not doing the G-men any favors. Seven of the first 10 weeks. Week 11, Washington. Week 12, New England. Those are both home games, by the way. Week 13, they get the bye week. It's a late bye week. You know, some people, some teams, they like it early. Some teams like it a little bit later on. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. But if you've been at it since pretty much... What? Late July when it comes to training camp and when you're reported and all those things? Not getting a bye week until that late in the season? You're going to be feeling it. You are going to be feeling it. So that's when the giant bye week is week 13. Then week 14, they're right back at it. Guess what? At home and in prime time again. Monday Night Football against the Green Bay Packers. Week 15 at New Orleans. Take on the Saints. Christmas Day. Christmas Day. At Philadelphia. 4.30. So when you're done opening up your presents, you're done drinking all the eggnog and eating some good food and the cookies and all that stuff, little giant football. And yes, you heard correctly that that's the first time the Giants and Eagles will square off Week 16 on Christmas Day. Week 17, back at MetLife to take on the Rams. That's a New Year's Eve, 1 o'clock. And then they close out the season, week 18, at Philadelphia, or excuse me, home again against Philadelphia. TBD as far as the time and everything, because week 18 is, you know, they wait the week up to flex it. So think about that for a second. The Giants... Don't play the Eagles until Christmas and play them twice in the last three games of the season. That is the Giants' schedule. Now, 
The Jets. A lot expected from these Jets. No? <laughs> you think? All right. Jets schedule. Week one, Monday Night Football on 9-11 against the Buffalo Bills at home. Week two, on the road, Dallas, 425 kickoff. Now, a lot of people thought, remember, they speculated beforehand. They said, well, Jets, Cowboys, that's got to be Thanksgiving, right, Aaron Rodgers? No. And the reason they didn't do that is let's put our minds together for a second. On Thanksgiving Day, you could schedule your local Pop Warner football team in whatever town you live in to play the Dallas Cowboys, and it's going to be a giant rating. They're not going to waste Aaron Rodgers' trip into Dallas on Turkey Day. Instead, it's week number two, the late doubleheader, national TV. It's going to do a huge number in its own right. Then the Jets back home take on the New England Patriots, 1 o'clock kickoff. Back to prime time in week four, the defending champs pay a visit. Kansas City Chiefs, that is an 8-20 Sunday night affair. Jets' first appearance on Sunday night football since 2011, if you can believe it. Then out on the road, Denver, 425 in week five. Week six, back home for the Eagles, 425. Remember, the Jets have never beaten the Eagles in the history of the franchise. Bye week is week number seven, weekend of uh, October 22nd. Then the Giant game, week eight. Giant home game, that's a 1 o'clock kick. Week 9, Monday Night Football. Home against Justin Herbert and the Chargers. November the 6th, Week 9. Guess what? Week 10, another primetime game. This one in Vegas against the Raiders. Sunday Night Football. So look at that. The Jets, who went like years without ever playing on prime time or even Sunday night football, they're playing back-to-back Monday night, Sunday night in consecutive weeks. Week 11, up to Buffalo on November the 19th. We'll see how cold it's going to be that day. 425 kickoff, Jets-Bills Part 2. You know about the Black Friday game, Week 12? That's against the Dolphins, a 3 o'clock kickoff at the Meadowlands. We'll all be hungover from tryptophan for that one. Then a couple of home games, week 13, the Falcons are in, 1 o'clock. The Texans are in, week 14 at 1 o'clock as well. Then it's back down to Miami, week 15, a 1 o'clock kickoff down there. Christmas Eve, Jets are home to take on the Washington Commanders. That's a 1 o'clock kickoff. Then one last prime time affair. This one, week 17, it'll be December the 28th in Cleveland, against the Browns. That is the prime on Thursday night. That's the final Thursday night game of the season in the NFL. So the Jets will be playing that one in Cleveland on December 28th, and then they close out the season in New England against the Patriots, week number 18, obviously a time still to be determined. So there you go. Jets and Giants schedules. They are a real thing. Start booking your trips. Start buying your tickets. Start making plans necessary to be able to support whatever team you support once September rolls around because I got the feeling it's going to be an exciting one for both of these clubs. 800-919-3776. We'll talk a little schedule. We'll talk more Knicks as well. Dan Grosser Show. We roll 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Is the Dan Grasso Show. May 10th, 2023 is going to be remembered as the Jalen Brunson game. 48 minutes, 38 points. Putting a team on his back. Willing them to victory. Knicks weren't going to lose that game last night if Jalen Brunson had anything to say about it. It was borderline heroic. But what can you say about the guy? He's just incredible. All-around player. Great leader. Been bench to begin with. You have Josh Hart in foul trouble. You don't have a lot of options. Brunson says, follow me, guys. Tells Tibbs, I got this. Just trying to do everything I could to win. We did that. Now it's only game six. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back. Hour number two on this busy Thursday. Dan Grasso Show. 98.7 ESPN. Taking it right until 10 o'clock. It's Gordon and Larry at that point. 800-919-3776. At Dan Grasso is where you could get me on Twitter. And it is time, well, it's 8 o'clock, right? We've heard all throughout the week, 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock Thursday, 8 o'clock Thursday. Got to unveil the schedule. Got to wait, got to wait, got to wait. Well, you know what? Secret's out to a lot. You know, there have been some leaks. Giant schedule got leaked this afternoon, if you saw that. I think the jet one even popped up. So you know what? I don't know how you feel about it. I love the schedule. This, to me, is like the closest thing to Christmas morning during the NFL offseason. Give me that music. I like. Give me the music. Come on. You whetted my appetite. I want the music. Yeah, there you go. Let it play underneath. You know, and I'm old enough to remember that once upon a time, the schedule just appeared out of nowhere during the offseason. Like, there wasn't this buildup. There wasn't, hey, the NFL's releasing their schedule on this day at this time. No, it was you were just sitting around one afternoon and you found out, hey, the schedule's out. And there was no internet, so you couldn't even, like, go online to look at it. You'd listen to it on the radio, they would read it to you, and maybe you'd see it on the news at night, and then you had to wait for the damn newspaper in the morning to finally, like, see it in black and white. The NFL schedule, who are the Giants playing? Who are the Jets playing? Who's everybody else playing? What were the Monday night games going to be? Oh, the good old days. Oh, miss it. But the wait is over. I love the schedule. A lot of people say it's like, oh, well, <laughs> we already knew who was playing who. All this is is what days and times. Yeah, I get that, dummies. I get it. And selfishly now, of course, this is part of my job with the Jets. Like, I kind of want to plan out where I'm going to be from August. Well, I say August with the preseason. September all the way through January. You know, makes things a little bit easier on the old lifestyle, right? And this year, for the two locals, 
it's not just going to be as cut and dry as Sunday at 1. Because these teams are in demand. The networks in the league think that they're going to be eyeballs on these teams. So let's have right at it. We'll do the extensive breakdown a little bit later on in the show. But right now, let's just read them to you. How's that? Giant schedule. We'll start with those guys. They open up, and you saw this probably, Sunday night football against the Dallas Cowboys. Week number one. Where have we seen that before? We used to see a lot of Giants-Cowboys games, right? Except they were always in Dallas, it seemed like, to begin the season on Sunday night. But now you get it here. Week two, Giants are on the road. They're going a little bit further west. They're going to be going to the desert to take on the Cardinals. Kyler Murray. They might be as bad a team as we have in the league this year. So you know what? You expect the Giants to get that one. Then it's back out on the road. Giants might even stay out there because they got a short week. They got a quick turnaround. They're playing Thursday night football against the San Francisco 49ers. How about that? So little Giants-Niners, two playoff teams from this past year. Guess what, folks? You think that's already too many primetime games for the Giants? Nope. 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 Where's my music? There we go. I can't, it's, like, it's like my lifeblood. I need the music. Giants in primetime again, week number four. This time back at MetLife Stadium, Monday Night Football against the Seattle Seahawks. So think about that. Giants with three primetime games in the first four weeks. All right, then things get a little bit normal. But it's back out on the road. At Miami. At Buffalo in week six. At Washington in week seven. Then week eight, it's the local rivalry. Remember they used to call it the Snoopy Bowl? Now it's just good old Jets-Giants. It's a giant home game at MetLife Stadium there in late October. Week number nine, Giants couldn't be home too long, right? They got to go back out on the road. This time they're going to Sin City to take on the Vegas Raiders, week number nine. Week 10, out on the road again at Dallas. Okay, you heard the ad a lot? That's because Giants on the road seven of the first 10 weeks of the season. Wow. NFL not doing the G-Men any favors. Seven of the first 10 weeks. Week 11, Washington. Week 12, New England. Those are both home games, by the way. Week 13, they get the bye week. It's a late bye week. You know, some people, some teams, they like it early. Some teams like it a little bit later on. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. But if you've been at it since pretty much... What? Late July when it comes to training camp and when you're reported and all those things? Not getting a bye week until that late in the season? You're going to be feeling it. You are going to be feeling it. So that's when the giant bye week is week 13. Then week 14, they're right back at it. Guess what? At home and in prime time again. Monday Night Football against the Green Bay Packers. Week 15 at New Orleans. Take on the Saints. Christmas Day. Christmas Day. At Philadelphia. 4.30. So when you're done opening up your presents, you're done drinking all the eggnog and eating some good food and the cookies and all that stuff, little giant football. And yes, you heard correctly that that's the first time the Giants and Eagles will square off Week 16 on Christmas Day. 
Week 17, back at MetLife to take on the Rams. That's a New Year's Eve 1 o'clock. And then they close out the season, week 18, at Philadelphia, or excuse me, home again against Philadelphia. TBD as far as the time and everything, because week 18 is, you know, they wait the week up to flex it. So think about that for a second. The Giants don't play the Eagles until Christmas and play them twice in the last three games of the season. That is the Giants' schedule. Now, the Jets. A lot expected from these Jets. No? (laughs) You think? All right. Jets' schedule. Week 1, Monday Night Football on 9-11 against the Buffalo Bills at home. Week 2, on the road, Dallas, 425 kickoff. Now, a lot of people thought, remember, they speculated beforehand. They said, well, Jets, Cowboys, that's got to be Thanksgiving, right, Aaron Rodgers? No. And the reason they didn't do that is let's put our minds together for a second. On Thanksgiving Day... You could schedule your local Pop Warner football team in whatever town you live in to play the Dallas Cowboys, and it's going to be a giant rating. They're not going to waste Aaron Rodgers' trip into Dallas on Turkey Day. Instead, it's week number two, the late doubleheader, national TV. It's going to do a huge number in its own right. Then the Jets back home. Take on the New England Patriots, 1 o'clock kickoff. Back to primetime in week four, the defending champs pay a visit. Kansas City Chiefs, that is an 8-20 Sunday night affair. Jets' first appearance on Sunday night football since 2011, if you can believe it. Then out on the road, Denver, 425 in week five. Week six, back home for the Eagles, 425. Remember, the Jets have never beaten the Eagles in the history of the franchise. Bye week is week number seven, weekend of uh, October 22nd. Then the Giant game, week eight. Giant home game, that's a 1 o'clock kick. Week 9, Monday Night Football. Home against Justin Herbert and the Chargers. November the 6th, Week 9. Guess what? Week 10, another primetime game. This one in Vegas against the Raiders. Sunday Night Football. So look at that. The Jets, who went like years without ever playing on primetime or even Sunday night football, they're playing back-to-back Monday night, Sunday night in consecutive weeks. Week 11, up to Buffalo on November the 19th. We'll see how cold it's going to be that day. 425 kickoff, Jets-Bills Part 2. You know about the Black Friday game, Week 12? That's against the Dolphins, a 3 o'clock kickoff at the Meadowlands. We'll all be hungover from tryptophan for that one. Then a couple of home games, week 13, the Falcons are in, 1 o'clock. The Texans are in, week 14 at 1 o'clock as well. Then it's back down to Miami, week 15, a 1 o'clock kickoff down there. Christmas Eve, Jets are home to take on the Washington Commanders. That's a 1 o'clock kickoff. Then one last primetime affair, this one, week 17, it'll be December the 28th in Cleveland. Against the Browns, that is the prime on Thursday night. That's the final Thursday night game of the season in the NFL. So the Jets will be playing that one in Cleveland on December 28th, and then they close out the season in New England against the Patriots, week number 18, obviously a time still to be determined. So there you go. Jets and Giants schedules. 
They are a real thing. Start booking your trips. Start buying your tickets. Start making plans necessary to be able to support whatever team you support once September rolls around because I got the feeling it's going to be an exciting one for both of these clubs. 800-919-3776. We'll talk a little schedule. We'll talk more Knicks as well. Dan Grasser Show. We roll 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You know, just keep the football music coming all night long, seriously. Schedule night, I'm good. Keep it going. I don't care what we're talking about. Baseball, basketball, hockey, horse racing. I I don't care. It's football season as far as I'm concerned. We're there. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. Yanks right now. Hang it in there. Give them credit. They're hanging in against the Rays starting the series. 1-0 Tampa in the top half of the sixth inning except... They're in a little bit of a pickle right now. Domingo Herman exits with the bases loaded. And Ron Marinaccio on in relief to see if he could put out the fire. Uh, Brandon Lau, or excuse me, um, not Brandon Lau. I saw, I, I saw Lowe, but it's uh, Josh Lowe for Tampa Bay, who's up at the plate. They got two guys that spell their name exactly the same way, and it's pronounced differently. They have Josh Lowe, L-O-W-E. And Brandon Lau, Lowe L-O-W-E. becomes the first player to hit two it's opposite It's not Lowe, it's Lau. Right. Exactly. And then they have Nathaniel Lowe, who's on Texas. Well, Josh Lowe just got two runs home with a one-hopper off the right center field wall. So it's 3 nothing Tampa Bay now. And uh, with the way these Yankee bats are going or not going so far tonight, they've got two hits against Drew Rasmussen. Uh, could be lights out. 4 nothing actually. It cleared the bases. I didn't even see that. All right, so 4 nothing. 4 nothing would be like three games worth for the Mets to try to come back from. My goodness. Uh, Nas and Queens up next year on 98.7. What's up, Nas? Hey, how you doing? What's up, um, Nas? Uh, I'm making a comment similar to the last caller yeah. uh, about R.J. Barrett. I think uh, he's being unfairly treated just because he's picked number three in a very weak draft. And it's kind of, he's getting kind of similarly treated to uh, – Saquon, where uh, you know he was picked, where he was picked, not because of his own choice, but because of the organization. And I think we're putting unfair expectations on somebody that isn't as good as the as, as his previous picks. You know, John Moran and Zion are obviously a beast, and we're expecting them to be that way. So what he's doing in the playoffs right now, I think he's one of our unsung heroes. Him and Mitchell Robinson is. If, if they weren't there, we wouldn't be here at all, at all. So I, I think he's just truly being unfairly treated right now. Well, I mean, it, I, I don't know if it's unfair. You know what I mean, Nas? Like, I, I don't think he's being bashed. I think, again, we keep saying it about RJ. He's a good player. And I think most Knicks fans, if not all, will tell you he is a good player. But he's not an elite player. He's not number one right now. 
And he might not even be your number two because I still think in a perfect world, ba- uh, Randall, Brunson, they need to be your best players. And then RJ right now, I think his place is no better than the third wheel. But it still could be a good third wheel. The question is, what is his ceiling? And it's the same question that we pondered back in the summertime when we were wondering, should this guy be part of a Donovan Mitchell package, right? That, that That's, to me, the next level for R.J. Barrett. Where is it going to go with him? No, that's a definite question. And, I mean, honestly, right now, for, during the offseason, we have a superstar that can land with a combination of him and, you know, a couple of role players, then I would be happy to send him away. But if we're like if we're really thinking about what RJ is, and I think we're putting unfair expectations on somebody that never showed that skill set that we're expecting. Fair, I, I mean, Nas, fair, it, it really is. And I thank you for the phone call. He, he, here's again: Knicks aren't where they are without him. They're not going to be able to get back into this series without him, especially given the uncertain nature of some of the other guys on this team that are banged up right now. And if you're asking for too much from Jalen Brunson, if you're asking for too much from, oh, I don't know, Quentin Grimes, you can't have them play 48 minutes each and every night. Eventually it's going to catch up with them. I don't care that they're professional athletes and they get paid a lot of money. They're human beings. We're 90 games into the season. That, to me, is not a recipe for success to have those two guys out there literally not coming off of the court. Others are going to have to contribute. And look, I think they will because, as I said, Josh Hart is not going to play only nine minutes like he did last night. Probably will not be in the foul trouble to the extent that he was in game number five. He better not be. Subi's in Midtown. It's good to hear from him. Subi, what's going on? Hey, two things about Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. I think it's relatable. Uh, You know, the development of these players over the past uh, Julius Randle 10 years you know, uh, it's, it's like uh, they used to play AAU basketball. So for them, it's more of like the way that Carmelo used to play. It was that ISO ball. And I think that's just what they grew up playing. And for them to get away from that, it, it would be more of a mental thing because uh, that's up to Tom Thibodeau to instill in him like a different way of playing basketball, which is, you know, it's really hard when you get older. And for his development compared to Jokic's development, for example, over the past you know, Jokic developed and then with low averages and then developed into a superstar. So it's the same type of thing. It's, you have to be willing to work at that. And same thing with R.J. Barrett. He can develop into a Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler did the same thing. He developed into a physical specimen who works harder than anyone else on the floor. That's proof when he, whenever he plays. He I don't think do he could develop into a Jimmy Butler type player. But that's what he can. That's what he. That's what Jimmy Butler did. And Jalen Brunson sort of does that too on the floor. You can see it going the extra mile for you know going into the paint. That's that's all I gotta say. Jimmy Butler's a little bit bigger and stronger than RJ right now, Subi, and I just don't think they have the same demeanor. I don't. Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler is a dog, and I mean that in the nicest way possible. Like that is a guy I want on my team, both ends of the floor. It's not about scoring. It's not about offense with this guy. It's about having that killer instinct. Now, look, I understand that Jimmy Butler is a hell of a lot more experienced than R.J. Barrett. I mean, he's been at this thing for over a decade. You know, he's put in his time already here in the NBA. But that's a lofty, lofty statement to use Jimmy Butler as the comparison or the barometer or whatever you want to call it. I mean, Jimmy Butler's had a Hall of Fame career. 
You know, can R.J. Barrett make an all-star team once before we sit here and, and, and you know, say that he's going to be Jimmy Butler? And I understand Butler had to grow into this little by little, but there's no guarantee that the same is going to happen for R.J. because I don't think R.J. is going to be as tenacious on the defensive end of the floor as Jimmy Butler is. I don't think that R.J. is going to be able to affect the game in so many other facets like Jimmy is. Like I said, Butler last night, he didn't score a lot, but you knew when he was out there every second on the floor, every second. You know, had four steals, doing things to help, you know, assist, setting other guys up to make plays for you. I don't know if that's in RJ's DNA, to be quite honest with you. To me, I look at RJ as a guy who's right now a scorer. You know, and that's it. Good score. Good player to have on your team. But is that a guy I'm building my team around? My franchise player? Probably not. You know, and then you got to also ask yourself the question, like, how much longer do you wait? How much longer are we going to sit here and wait for that development to occur, whether it does or whether it doesn't? Now, I know he's not going anywhere. I know he's under contract, and he's going to be a part of this thing, but... See, I, I, I don't want to make this as, like, a, a pick-on-RJ exercise, because that's not what this is about. You know, he had a good game last, a really good game, and he's had a good playoff, a really, really good playoff. Uh, here was RJ last night on MSG after the game, what he was most proud of. Uh, we just, we stuck with it, you know, um, you know, they're a team that, that's, uh, that's never out of it. You know, where I think we were up like 20 and then they, they fought all the way back to cut it down to two. So, uh, you know, staying tough, staying resilient, um, during those moments when, uh, when, you know, they're, they're making their runs and, uh, you know, I mean, stuff like, I think Jalen played the whole game, you know, mm-hmm. it just, that was, that was tough, you know, Jew, wait. Drew had a phenomenal second half. You know, uh, Mitch knocking down those free throws when they were trying to foul him. Like, just, you know, everything like that. Hartgen, that, that big putback when I, when I missed that when I missed that lib. You know, all these little things that are, that are you know, that we did tonight were, were huge for us. They were. Everybody making a contribution. Everybody doing their part. That's how it is. Now, unfortunately, same can't be said about the New York Mets. They're a mess right now. And we got to get into them in another hapless series that goes by the wayside. This one in Cincinnati, and today was just laughably bad. Laughably bad. Can things turn around? Will things turn around? Got a lot to unpack there. We'll do that when we return. 800-919-3776. Dan Grosser Show. We roll till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. As a wise man once said, It's getting late early for the New York Mets. I mean, I know that you look at the calendar and it's May 11th, and there's still, what, you do some math, 124 games left in the season. A lot of things can change. A lot of things can change. But somebody tell me right now, like, what are the encouraging signs that you see from this club? Like, who is riding in on the white horse to save this team that isn't there now. Max Scherzer? 40-year-old Max Scherzer? Who might not be able to get me out right now with the way things are going and had his start this week pushed back again to maybe sometime this weekend in Washington, his old stomping grounds. And boy, isn't that setting up for complete and utter disappointment. Imagine if Scherzer gets tattooed by Washington by the baby Nats. 
in his old ballpark where he used to own the place. But we're not even going to talk about that yet. Don't even worry about that. Explain to me how today you go into Cincinnati, and I know that it's an early start, you know, 12-30 game, getaway day. Generally, it's swing at the first pitch, get the hell out of there so you're not stuck in town. You know, you want to move on to the next city, keep the show on the road, that type of stuff. And you're overhyped. Import pitcher in Kodai Senga, who none of us have ever seen pitch before, before the season. But you know what? You heard about this ghost fork pitch, and that's catchy. And you know what? The advertising team and the marketing team could, you know, go to town on that, which they did. They put him in the Super Bowl commercial to buy tickets and all that stuff and blah, 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 blah. How good has he been, by the way? It's funny. Like, I, I actually missed the first inning today. I was out doing some stuff, got back in front of the TV, and it was 4 nothing already. That's Senga. And I know he settled down after that first inning, but is that what you're paying him for, to go out there and, and, and to put you in a 4 nothing hole against one of the worst teams in baseball? I'm surprised he only walked one guy today. Normally he's good for about 4 or 5. They put a stat up on the TV. He's, like, tied for the second most walks in his first, like, six starts in Mets history. Having a hard time finding that plate, which, you know, I read somewhere is paramount for a pitcher. But neither here nor there. How about the offense? You know, because say what you want, 4 nothing is not exactly checkmate against a bad team like Cincinnati and in a ballpark like the Great American Ballpark, which is a bandbox. You could get back into that game in a hurry. But did the Mets? No, 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 no. Of course not. That would be asking too much. Because after all, I mean, Cincinnati, they, they had some top-flight pitching out there today. It was a bullpen game. It was a bullpen game. And the Met offense was so bad that Cincinnati only had to use four different arms to get through nine innings and 27 outs because the Mets offense provided that little resistance in getting shut out 5-0. I mean, it is embarrassing right now. It really and truly is. This team has been shut out seven times in 38 games. Seven and 38 games. So essentially, like, they're getting blanked once every five and a half times they take the field. Wow. Most in baseball. They only got shut out eight times all of last year when they, were won, when they won 101 games. They've lost 13 out of their last 17. They're two and seven during the so-called soft stretch of the schedule. You know, like, wake me when the easy part gets here. I was looking ahead, too, to see who they had on the docket come June. I mean, you should see that June schedule. They can't even beat these teams. Wait till June gets here. First time in 11 years they've lost five straight series. And think about some of those teams who they were. Washington, Colorado, Detroit, Cincinnati. Awful. Just absolutely terrible brand of baseball this team plays. And for $360 million, this was evident to me in the first couple of weeks of the season. And now it's even more magnified. How does a team that's worth $360 million, the richest payroll, most expansive collection of players that we've ever seen in the history of baseball, how could they be this bad? How could there be this many holes on the roster? Did you notice last night, by the way, Steve Cohen was at the Knicks game. He was sitting there courtside. 
watching a team win. I wonder if he got a Mets score. I wonder if he even bothered to find out how the Mets were doing. He probably didn't even care because he's like, gee, the way we're going, we're probably going to lose. Last night was one of the rare ones they actually did win with Verlander, pitched a good game. And how about that? They win the game with Verlander, and they basically had no margin for error because the most they could muster was two runs. So one swing in the bat, that would have went out the window. Let's hear from the manager. And look, I don't put this at the feet of Buck Showalter. I don't. There's nothing that Buck Showalter can do right now, wave a magic wand, and make these guys play better. The fact that Starling Marte is batting 212 and he's got one home run and like eight RBIs, he was as much of a difference maker and an X factor in this lineup last year as there was. And he's not hitting, but a lot of guys aren't hitting. But what could Buck Showalter do to make these guys perform like they're used to doing on the back of their baseball card? Here's the manager. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's a challenge for us, something I'm, I feel confident that our guys will meet. Uh, we didn't score any runs today, you know. I thought uh, Kodai was a victim of, you know, he's got a uh, broken bat flare to center and a check swing the other way, and, you know, that, that kind of gets multiplied when you're not scoring any runs. And, uh, you know, we saw a lot of different arms. We knew we were going to see a bunch of them out of the bullpen. But, you know, it's tough because we know our guys are capable of a lot better offensively. It's frustrating for everybody, especially the players. And what about being shut out already for the seventh time this season? It's obvious, you know, when you don't score runs, it's impossible to win a game. You know, if, if Singa had pitched to, you know, uh, <laughs> put up zeros, we'd, sure. we'd still be playing. But, you know. We didn't. It's a tough. It's tough on everybody, you know. But the guys care, and they're very, uh, you know, frustrated by it. We all know it. We've seen it. Everybody here just about has seen how good they can be. Frustrating isn't the word. So I, I think surprising more than anything else. Not just frustrating. It's surprising. How is this happening? Lindor, who's also not doing his part. Oh, well, he did have a hit today. What about all these shutouts? Hats off to all the teams that shut us out. That's pretty much it. That's, that's all I got. I mean, uh, I wish I had the answer for that one. No, we, we all do, of course. But what about these team struggles? I mean, it, it has happened because pitchers um, have done a good job and we haven't backed them up, like them all up. And then um, other times we score and we just haven't put it together as a team. Uh, as a team overall, we haven't put it together as consistent as we want. And other teams have played just bottom line, they play better than us. You know, they out hit us, out pitched us, out um, run. Um, they play better defense. You know, it's just um, you got to give them credit as well. This is the major leagues, and we just got to um, be better. Definitely be better for sure. Yeah, I would say so. You know, I, I would say so because who knows what awaits them down in D.C. this weekend for four games. What happens if they lose three out of four to the Nationals? Or God forbid, I mean, dare I say, get swept? Can you imagine that? And if Scherzer, if he does even take the mound on, on what they're saying, maybe Sunday if he gets tattooed? Because the schedule is going to start picking up here because right after Tampa Bay is done with the Yankees this weekend, they're just going to go right on the bus and head on over to Queens because they got the Mets for three games. You think that's going to be easy? And like I said, wait till the calendar flips to June, which is just in a couple of weeks. It gets a whole lot more difficult, a whole lot more challenging. I promised I'd give it to Memorial Day. I promised I would give it to June, and I'm sticking to it. Can it turn around? Yeah, but am I confident? It ain't looking so good. I promise you that. It ain't looking so good. 
Devils and Canes underway in the third period. It's a 2-2 game. It's actually been a real good hockey game. There's only been one penalty for each team. A couple of close calls, like Carolina was on the doorstep, missed one. Devils on the doorstep, they missed one. Canes got on the board late. Final minute of the period, they tied the score. And I said to the guys, I said, Devils got to get to the locker room with the lead. They couldn't. We'll see how it affects things here in the third period. Could be the last 20 minutes of their season. We'll find out. We'll keep you posted. Still got another hour to play with, though. We're going to do a lot more on the Knicks. We'll revisit these NFL schedules a little bit more in depth and send you off to Gordon and Larry coming up at 10 o'clock. Dan Grosseth for another 60 coming up next year on 98.7 ESPN.